Hello everyone and welcome to the Child of the Library podcast where we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts. How are you doing guys? I hope you all started well into the new year. We had a lovely and relaxed start and we were very happy that our work week only started on the 3rd of January. So we had an extra day where we could gather our strength for going back to work. And of course, as everyone probably does, I also reflected on the past year, how many admittedly great and wonderful things happened that I'm so grateful for and how much I enjoy podcast making. So if you haven't already and want to hear more about that, go and check out my last episode number 26, where I talk about all of these things with my lovely co-host Jordan. And while reflecting on the past, I of course also thought about the future. Meaning that my next episode will center around my 2022 reading goals. I am so excited for this year. I am sure that a lot of good reading will happen, but maybe I should uh, start to talk about what today's episode is about before I lose myself again. <laughs> I'm so happy to say that today's episode is again in partnership with the jewelry brand Anna Luisa that I partnered with before. And working with them and wearing their jewelry really has inspired today's topic. And any Lord of the Rings fan might have guessed it at the title of the episode. I want to talk about some books I read that have a piece of jewelry that is rather prominent in the story. <laughs> I personally have been a huge jewelry gal ever since I was in my early teenage years. Of course, my taste has quite changed since then to a more like minimalistic style, but there's always something special about the jewelry piece. That is more my vibe right now, which is why I had my eye on Anna Luisa for a while now. But even though jewelry is a part of my life that I enjoy, for some book characters, a certain jewelry piece changes their lives forever. So let's dive right into it. So this list will be a mix of mostly very well-known books, but also here and there maybe lesser-known titles. And I want to kick off with the Mockingjay pin from The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. Even though the pin in itself is probably not worth much and does not have a lot of significance to the upper crust of the capital society in the Hunger Games books, it is still able to become the symbol of a rebellion that ignites change and ultimately brings down the government and frees the districts. I really love the Hunger Games and truth be told, they really were the book series that got me out of my teenage year school reads and used reading slump, so to say. I remember so well the hype that surrounded the books and the movies also when they came out. And to be honest, the fact that I got to read them in English of all things was because of an old family friend called Agnes, who's also a big bookworm, who lent them to me. She back then read them and was convinced that I should like the books. And I did. Apart from the books themselves, I also really think that the choice of a pin was rather fitting for the overall story because, let's be honest, I don't think that Katniss could have pulled off an actual piece of jewelry, a necklace maybe hidden under her clothes, but earrings, a tiara or whatever, I don't think she would have been able to stand to wear it for an hour at the most maybe. 
Also, seeing that the state is rather militarily influenced, a pin that matches a badge of honor, yeah, I, I think that's more the vibe to go for, so good choice on that one. Now to really get deep into the swing of things in terms of jewelry, let's move on to necklaces. In this case, a pearl necklace specifically, where the book instantly came to mind for me because it was actually a read of 2021. And that is Little Thieves by Margaret Owen. Now, the goings-on on who is who and what their intentions are is quite complicated in this one, but I will try my best to narrow it down to like the basics to explain the necklace in this book and what it does. So our main character, Vanya, steals a magical necklace from her mistress, Princess Giselle. This necklace was enchanted to increase Giselle's looks to match the like perfect exterior she as a princess should have given from society. But as the maid that was so often mistreated growing up discovers that the necklace turns her into the exact likeness of the princess that everybody knows and that now without the necklace the real Giselle's features are not as glamorous as they should be. Vanya, the maid, switches places with Giselle, starts to live the life of a noble and condemns the real Giselle to a life in the underclass. But due to a curse obtained by stealing from the wrong people, Vanya now must find a way to repay her debts to her victims and especially Giselle and ultimately also to herself. The necklace is not explained in detail at the beginning of the book. We know that it has this exterior altering power, but how Giselle obtained it in the first place and how Vanya came to have it is just explained further down the plotline. It really is a nice link that supports the relationship that the girls have, which I will not go into details about because of spoilers. But if you are interested in a story about friendship, a bit of a love story, finding yourself and forging your own path with what you have, I can definitely recommend this book. The next read is not for the faint-hearted, I can tell you that, because in Libba Brace, the Diviners, our main character Evie is capable of object reading. Meaning that if she touches an object, she can sometimes see what happened to its owner in the past. The story of the Diviners is set in the 1920s, so the overall setting is very atmospheric already, but it gets even more atmospheric and also scary when Libba Bray mixes in paranormal elements, like an evil spirit that comes back due to a UHS session gone wrong and starts to commit brutal murders. While Evie touches a lot of objects in this first book of the four book series, the one object I want to talk about for a second is the pendant that the spirit called Naughty John had buried together with his body and that is the clue to potentially ridding the earth of his evil presence forever. Do they succeed? I have to admit, I do not know, because I have only read the first installment in the series, but I have the rest of it ordered so that when I feel like a little scary story is needed and wanted, I can back into this world and discover whether the pendant really is the centerpiece that we are led to believe in the first book. Now this list of mine is not yet finished, we still have two very popular books to go, but 
First, I wanted to talk to you a bit about the three jewelry pieces that inspired today's episode. You can of course check them out in person over on my Instagram at child of the library or if you follow my personal link in the description of this podcast episode which is shop.analuisa.com slash child of the library all together. But first of all, let me describe the three pieces a bit to you. This is not bought as a set, but you can wear these three perfectly together because they follow a gold and white aesthetic, so to say. First, we have the Ray Mother of Pearl earrings. They have the outline of a simple flower with a gold edge and Mother of Pearl inlaid on the inside. Matching to this, I also got the Hannah necklace sent by Anna Luisa, which actually is a piece that was done in collaboration with the YouTuber A Clockwork Reader. It is such a stunning necklace with a golden disc pendant that has Mother of Pearl on the inside again. But within the Mother of Pearl, we find a rose that is created with the material. It's so cute, honestly. And also the golden necklace band itself is really special because the links are not even all throughout, but every few links, the pattern is changed up so that the golden necklace looks very delicate and fine. And also, last but not least, we have the Mecca Off-White ring, which is adjustable, so you don't need to worry about your ring size. And it again has gold on the edges with a white center. I just really love this combo and was so happy when Ana Luisa sent it to me. I wore this exact trio on New Year's Eve to celebrate the start of 2022 and Probably I could not have made a better style choice because they just fit together perfectly. When you follow my personal link, you will find so many great pieces with up to 40% off the original price. They currently have their sale in preparation for Valentine's Day. So if you are still on the lookout for a gift for that or a birthday that is coming up soon, I can definitely recommend their styles, but also the brand in itself because they are 100% carbon and water neutral. They use recycled metals. Their gemstones are transparently sourced and their quality is really, really good because I love to wear the pieces I have a lot for work or special occasions and they are still in perfect condition. Now, I already said that my last two books are rather popular and I think no jewelry piece has ever frustrated me so growing up like the Horcrux locket from the sixth and seventh Harry Potter book by J.K. Rowling. I mean, I will go into full spoiler territory here, but to be honest, if you have not read Harry Potter by now, you probably never will. <laughs> but this locket has only brought misery on our main characters. First, Dumbledore suffers and dies when he comes back from retrieving the locket with Harry. I mean, the locket itself didn't kill him, but if he wasn't weakened by it, he probably could have fought back the Death Eaters. Then, the locket that was retrieved was a fake. To get the actual locket, the Golden Trio needs to break into the Ministry of Magic, escape by a hair's breadth, Ron gets injured on the journey and ultimately the three fight so horribly because of the locket's bad energy that they split up and only reunite after the damn thing tries to kill Harry underwater. I mean, come on, this is the worst piece of jewelry ever. <sighs> okay. Give me a moment to collect myself. I got a little passionate there, to be honest. <laughs> but 
but seriously, man, I really suffered along with Harry, Ron and Hermione as a child because of this stupid locket thing. <sighs> but nevertheless, it plays a very central role, needless to say, and is capable to bring out a lot of feelings in me. So clearly it and its use in this story was done right. And now the final book, the book that is so obvious that you all probably asked yourself why this has not come sooner. But I wanted to keep it for the end because my feelings about it are maybe a bit controversial. And that is, of course, the one ring from The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. Guys, I so loved the Lord of the Rings movies when I was growing up. My mom introduced me to them and we made it a habit to re-watch all of them every few years because you can always take out something new from it with the progression of your age. And so maybe because I was such a fan of the movies, I went into the book with too high expectations. I read the Lord of the Rings in my last year of high school and we had the audiobooks available in our school library and I wanted to use what was on offer but maybe it was because the German translation was not the best or maybe also the audiobook wasn't a bridge production and I didn't know about it meaning that it is not the full text but rather shortened down to the most important pieces of info but I really didn't love the books the first time I read them because I always felt that there was so much detail missing that you could clearly see in the movies. I have come to realize over the past years that the male authors whose fantasy writing style I totally adore like Brandon Sanderson or Patrick Rothfuss have a very intricate and flowery writing style so to say so they really use a lot of adjectives and describe the scene and you can really get immersed at the world and for some reason this totally didn't happen to me when I read The Lord of the Rings. Controversial opinion there, I know. <laughs> but I have made it my mission to reread the books now as an adult in their original text form and see whether a physical read will increase my enjoyment more. I mean, I have a deep respect for what Tolkien has done for fantasy as a genre, but maybe I need another round with his writing to really deeply fall in love. And this is it guys, five books that have a piece of jewelry at their story's core. Let me know over on Instagram or over email whether any more books come to mind and also whether you agree with my opinions on the five books I mentioned. Don't forget to check out my link shop.analuisa.com slash child of the library, which you will also find in the description as previously mentioned. Thank you so much to Anna Luisa for working with me. And if you head over to their shop, you will find the three pieces I mentioned, the ray earrings, the henna necklace, and the mecha ring, and so many more stunning designs. And until next time, I hope that we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts. Bye.